GSCI helps logistics providers, banks and shippers to track air, ocean and road freight rates. Book a free demo at www.gsci.ti-insight.com. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of TI Talks Supply Chains. I'm your host, Kirsty Adams. This episode, the TI Insight team will be discussing European road freight rates. I know that you love this topic because it always receives a lot of downloads. Guests this episode from the TI Insight team include Nathaniel Donaldson, economic analyst. The costs continue to grow and it's still pushing it up. A major thing that we saw there was the effect of tolls. Michael Clover, head of commercial development. Germany is leading the implementation of these new emission-based tolls in Europe and we're going to see them introduced not just in Germany but also in Austria which actually came in on 1st of January. And Vicky Karowska, TI's freight lead. These emission-based toll increases will drastically increase operational expenses for the haulage companies. But before we dive into freight rate chat, we have GSCI news. But it's slightly different this episode because I've asked our chief analyst, Thomas Cullen, to share some insight on the Red Sea attacks. Here's GSCI news. I think it's quite hard. There's not as usual in these things. There's a number of variables. The political variable, I think, is probably the hardest to estimate. The slightly easier one, slightly easier one, is estimating the impact on the shipping industry. You know, there's a number of variables within that. I think there's a lot more elasticity in the system than I think people are saying. And the notion that the whole of trade into the Mediterranean, or particularly trade into Europe, is blocked, I think clearly is not the case. And how are the shipping companies reacting? Well, of course, they're not telling us. Obviously, prices are increasing. But the question is, why are prices increasing? Now, prices increasing because there's a shortage of capacity. I would suggest that that's not really entirely true. I'm sure that there's a disruption in capacity, but there's no shortage of ships. You can speed up the ship itself. And I also noticed that there's lots of mutterings about re-engineering or redesigning the routes that the container shipping sector uses. So that, that latter one, you has the possibility of stripping out a lot of time from the schedules. Now, there are also other technical problems, particularly around the availability of containers, although I was strongly under the impression that that the world is not short of shipping containers, not least because in, in 2021 and 2022, the container lines had to order, I think, much to their chagrin, that they had to order a lot of additional shipping containers, which they they told me were very expensive and that they didn't feel were were in the long run really desirable. They're oversupplied with containers. At least that's what they tell me. So that might be the problem that they're all in the wrong place. Okay, And it will be slightly difficult to get all the containers back. However, I think what this is really also a test of is the pricing ability of the shipping lines, of the the container lines. Actually, what it's about is that there's been a great deal of consolidation 
in the container shipping uh, industry, driven, I have to say, by dire lack of profitability. But now we, we have possibly the ability of the largest shipping lines to actually set prices and the power balance between the, their customers and themselves, the shippers and the container lines, is rebalanced. So I, I think that that might actually be what's going on in the background, but no one's actually talking about that. We will see that will come out, I think, in the next week, two, three weeks, if the very high prices that we saw on the spot market are, are reflected in contract rates. Well, information is always the most, you know, if you, you want to manage risk, information is always the key tool. In I say the key, it's the most important tool in, in doing that. It would be quite nice, I think, if anyone can actually get hold of information over the actual quantity of vessels. So get out of the shipping lines. How much delay is there really? And how much have you done about that? However, as I've just mentioned, the shipping lines may not want their customers to know that. I think in terms of risk, the other thing is alternatives. And I think what people have to work on is alternatives. And I note that there are already some alternatives. I note that people are trying to move, or freight forwarders are trying to move freight across the Arabian Peninsula. I mean, you know, how hard can it be? Admittedly, volume is an issue. But moving stuff from from Dubai, possibly to Yanbu, or I mean, the suggestion is that there are road freight operations from Jebel Ali to ports in Egypt and even in Israel. So that's a possibility. I, I guess the possibility of using Asia, North America, Europe routes is a possibility as well. North America, Central America, but obviously the Panama Canal is a problem with that. So I think that those aspects, but also establishing air freight really can be quite useful. And I think a mix air and sea, I think, to try and regulate that that relationship, the, the ratios on that, I think, obviously must be another option. And bearing in mind, as far as I can tell, and as far as we can tell, I'm looking at people like Freitas, the numbers coming out of Freitas. We haven't seen a big leap in, in air freight prices which is a little bit surprising. So that might be happening as we speak. But, you know, that's quite a useful alternative, I would imagine. Of course, it depends on what products you're moving. So they do have a lot of options, I think. Thanks, Thomas. The latest Apply, TI and IRU, European Road Freight Rates Index, reveals some interesting data. Nathan... Can you talk us through some of the numbers? Yeah, so if we look at the actual numbers that we're seeing um, in the latest data from Apply in the TEI, IIU and Apply benchmark for the latest quarter, we see that the spot index fell 4.5 points quarter on quarter. Now that's down to 123.8 points. And that now puts it down 14.8 points year on year. So we see that it's really been dragged down by that lower activity, the freed up capacity and more competition in the market. On the other hand, if we look at the contract market, it actually rose 1.7 points quarter on quarter, and it's now up one point year on year to 129.4. So we see that this elevated cost base has kept it up. 
versus previous year. And it's the, the costs continue to grow and it's still pushing it up. A major thing that we saw there was the effect of tolls. So then if we consider the two of them, we now have a spot index, which is 5.6 points below the contract index. Now, this doesn't necessarily guarantee that in monetary terms, we've got spot prices in the European road freight market that are cheaper than contract. But if we do look at the sample data, we see that 27% of lanes now see that happening. And this is mainly driven by German international lanes that are seeing a spot index pulled down while tolls have pushed their contract up. In monetary terms, we now see that they are falling below. So we can expect that margins are beginning to tighten. But demand does see, it does seem like demand can further pull the spot rate down, especially when we look at those production numbers. So Nathan, what's the biggest story here? The biggest story as we head into this year is that costs remain elevated. We're not seeing a movement in that contract market. And we're actually seeing new elements added more cost pressures to that contract market. So we've seen the effect of tolls in Germany. So this is the new EU emission-based tolls, a five-class system, which is adding to the cost base. Now in the contract market, we can expect these tolls to be costed into contracts and passed straight onto the customer. So we're going to see those prices pushed up and remain elevated. On the other hand, we have a spot market, which now we head into a new situation. So previous year, the main driver was consumption. Inflation had really attacked the spending power of European consumers. The effect was that European consumers were buying a lower volume of goods. And actually, if we look at the numbers, we see that in most major European economies, the volume of goods that consumers are demanding is now below a 2020 level, where we had that initial COVID spike of people being indoor, having having money to spend and, and buying much more goods. But now that consumption has leveled off and seems to have settled in, mo- in most major European economies as inflation has eased off and consumers find that their, their spending power is, is not being as tacked <laughs> as violently by, by inflation. But on the other hand, we now see that industrial output looks really fragile. Uh, in Europe and it looks like it's heading downwards. So we see that production is negative. Quarter-on-quarter production volume growth is negative in the UK, France and Germany, and that's in quarter four. And then if we look at the latest data, Germany being such a big economy and such a big driver, we see that German production is down only quarter-on-quarter. It's now down over 6% year-on-year. And then in terms of new goods orders, so as we look into 2024 and we try to understand what story we're heading into, we've got capital new goods orders that are down 6% quarter on quarter if we look at the latest available data from the German National Statistics Office. So we can expect that this industrial production is going to continue to fall. It's going to continue to demand fewer intermediate goods from neighbouring countries. It's going to add less pressure, less demand side pressure to the road freight market. And we can actually expect further falls in that spot index and and spot prices, especially on German international lanes. But this is now shifting from consumption being the major catalyst to production, adjusting to those lower levels of demand. Another notable thing of of why Germany is such a huge story this quarter is we're really seeing the reality of its reduced competitiveness on the international stage. So the effects of inflation and that working its way through the system now means that Germany is a lot less competitive and it's less competitive in a quieter and and weaker demand environment. So we can expect quite a quiet year for Germany again. Okay, thank you, Nathan. I'm keen to delve a bit further into what's happening in Germany. Michael, 
Is that something you can elaborate on? Yeah, well, obviously it's a really interesting situation in Germany. And if you're really interested in road freight rates, as uh, as we are here at TI, then looking at the impact of these toll increases in December uh, is really crucial. And I think it tells us a bit about what's likely to happen through the whole of 2024, because Germany is leading the implementation of these new emission-based tolls in Europe. And we're going to see them introduced, not just in Germany, but also in Austria, which actually came in on the 1st of January. And then later across uh, Hungary, the Czech Republic and Poland too. So there's going to be major toll increases across this year. And uh, really interesting to look at Germany because we're looking at it wondering really big questions like how much is this going to be passed on to customers? Um, and are we going to see it in the rate data right off the bat immediately? Um, so that's one question. Another big question really is, is it really going to move the needle that much um, with demand so low in Germany? Because the situation in Germany is a sort of, uh, like most of Europe, really, a dual narrative, really, one of extremely soft demand, very low manufacturing output relative to German, uh, normal German levels, and then really high costs, you know, and these tolls add pressure to that. So there's a conflict really in the data where we're looking at really high cost bases, which are sustaining rates at really high levels, even with, you know, historically very soft demand. So if we think about those questions, and we look at the data for Germany, we did see a big uptick in December. So, you know, it's interesting, it was basically the domestic rate index for Germany was 8.3 points up in December versus November. So there is a really marked leap. I mean, that's quite a radical change in that spot index for Germany. And as I say, that's in spite of the really, really soft demand. That's very interesting to see the contrast there. And then if you look at the international lanes, we did see some marked upticks on lanes from Germany to Germany to Austria. Uh, Germany to Poland, but we didn't really see it on the return legs. So there's lots at play there. And we we think that's down to basically the pattern of demand and the volume flows, that the effects are much more pronounced on, on those particular legs, whereas where the demand is is softer still, you don't see it so much. But we'll keep a really close eye on that. Obviously, it's just the first month of these things coming into force. And to be honest with you, the increase of 8.3 points is not what we would have expected with the toll increase. Maybe we would think it would go up to 12 or 13 points. Um, So we'll look at the data in January very closely to see if we can see that coming through, or if there's other factors at play, which mean that it hasn't risen up that much. And again, we'll follow Austria quite closely as well, and those other countries as they come through. But I think what it really tells us is that there is going to be a marked increase in road freight prices because of these toll increases, and we should expect to see that across five major European economies. And therefore, the overall trajectory of that is going to be increasing rates through 2024, in spite of the soft demand. Thank you, Michael. You did a webinar, didn't you, earlier this week? And I know that you did a survey with attendees during the webinar. Can you tell me a bit about the survey and what it told you? Yeah, so I mean, that webinar is really focused on trying to tell shippers and carriers really what to expect from the rest of the year ahead. So we're trying to give as much of an outlook as the rate development as we can across the road freight market in Europe. But, you know, we have 800 people join that webinar this time around. Um, So it's a really great opportunity to capture some really interesting data from loads of carriers and loads of shippers on their expectations. And we ask them basically, what are your expectations for the next quarter for rates? And we do this every every quarter with this webinar. So we've got quite a good sort of pattern of data. This time around, the feelings were quite mixed. So basically, the options were rates will increase significantly, rates will increase somewhat, rates will remain flat, rates will decrease somewhat, and rates will decrease significantly. And on this occasion, we had 85% of respondents either going for increase somewhat, stay flat, or decrease somewhat. And actually, 
it was pretty evenly spread. So 34% thought the rates would increase slightly, whereas the remainder sort of thought they'd be flat or remain low. So you could say that survey doesn't really tell us very much about what's going to happen because opinion is so split. But on the other hand, you might say, well, uh, that suggests really that rates aren't going to be hugely volatile and that they're going to you know, remain pretty steady. Um, and we've got a sort of stasis brought about by this imbalance of cost or high cost but low demand, um, which means that rates aren't really falling, as you might expect, with soft demand. And I think really the industry's uh, looking at that. One other thing about the data is it's across the whole of Europe. So, you know, you may have people in Germany and Austria and sort of Central and Eastern Europe with the toll increases thinking that rates are increasing. And then the respondents in France and Spain and the UK and Italy and other countries and the Benelux, you know, thinking actually we don't expect to see that in our, in our countries. So I guess there's a the limit to what it tells you. But overall, the industry isn't necessarily expecting huge change this year. But it'd be interesting to see what that we get in the next poll, because we'll be moving closer to our expectations for higher demand in the second half of the year, where we would expect, therefore, the high costs and then returning demand as consumption increases and the inflation effects fall out of the figures to see uh, those rates increasing. So, yeah, we'll keep a close eye on, on that in the, next, in the next quarter's poll as well. So, Michael, if someone wants to attend the webinar, how do they find out about them? Great question, Kirsty. So you can sign up to our distribution list, our logistics briefing newsletter, to receive regular updates and invitations for these kind of webinars. So this is the one on road freight, which we do in partnership with Apply and IRU. But we also run webinars as well on the ocean freight and air freight markets as well with a similar sort of use case. So telling you all about you know, our expectations for rate development in those transport markets over the year ahead. Okay. And how can supply chain strategists use this information? How can they apply it to their own business? Well, I mean, the information is is really built, as I say, to help companies understand the future of these different transport markets. And and ultimately, it's really designed um, for shippers to understand rate development, benchmark rates, so they can see how much they're paying now and whether that matches uh, changes in the market, but also to really look ahead and plan so that they can understand how their costs are likely to change and the sorts of costs that transport companies and carriers are likely to be charging uh, in the future as well. I think it's really important to think about the outlook for road freight this year. Obviously, it's a very complex situation uh, with the high costs and and low demand. Um, And TI actually does a lot of forecasting for rate development and indeed for the demand situation in road freight. So we look ahead to the, the year quarter by quarter to see how we think rates are likely to develop and we publish our road freight rates outlook and indeed we publish a similar outlook for air and ocean freight as well as the warehousing market and these are designed as a real guide for you to see how rates and costs are likely to develop over the year ahead and to time your decision making plan your strategy. Vicky you develop TI Insights outlook grid which Michael just mentioned does it support the analysis we've heard today from Nathan and Michael and do you have any additional insight you can share on road freight rates? Yes, the story is pretty much the same with soft demand and soft volumes putting downward pressure on rates. But then this is set against a higher cost base, which in turn pushes freight rates up. And as Nathan and Michael have both pointed out, toll increases are a big factor here because these emission-based toll increases will drastically increase operational expenses for the haulage um, companies which in turn will lead to an increase in in transport prices simply because the hauliers will pass on the financial burdens to their customers 
And they will do this because the toll increases are quite significant, with hauliers already operating on very thin margins it would be impossible for, for them to absorb these additional costs. So instead, what I do is I will pass on the increases to, to the customers, uh, thereby causing transport prices to go up. In the um, road freight outlet grid, we make forecasts uh, for the upcoming quarters and we estimate how uh, rates will develop over the um, coming quarters. And we make these estimates based on a number of demand and supply-related factors, including capacity, driver shortages, operating costs. And then on the demand side, we're looking at volume, so both retail and manufacturing. We're looking at inventory levels, consuming spending, and so on. So based on all of these factors, we expect uh, that road freight uh, contract rates will increase in the first quarter of this year compared to Q4 of last year. The main reasons for this increase will be the pressure of inflation, which remains across uh, most road freight um, operating costs. And as we've already mentioned, uh, the toll increases will be one of the uh, main drivers of this increase. But then Another factor which we believe will push rates up in the first quarter is inventory replenishment. Uh, so we expect that um, renewed inventory buildup in the first quarter will probably act as a growth driver and, and put some upward uh, pressure on rates before stabilizing in the second quarter of this year. Thanks, Vicky. How can listeners access this road freight data from TI? All of these data sets, uh, metrics that have been used to produce the, uh, the Outlook grid are available on GSEI on the dashboard. And these include, for instance, data sets on HGV registrations, capacity data, driver wages, fuel cost, consumer spending, consumer confidence, and, and lots more. So all of these metrics, all of the data sets are available on the dashboard and they are updated on a weekly or monthly basis. Okay, thank you, Vicky, Michael and Nathan for sharing those key findings on road freight rates. And thank you, Thomas, for our Red Sea report. You can find the link to both Road Freight Rate reports in the show notes. And if you like this podcast, then please do rate and review it. This will help other supply chain strategists find us. Perhaps you could tell us how today's insights have helped you plan for the future. That's it, I think, for now. Goodbye. Goodbye.